0: Happy Valentine's Day, you all. This special episode is part one of my interview with one of my couples from 2021. It is part of the series for February where I'm interviewing real couples. And this special episode is two parts because we just couldn't fit everything into one episode. And it's funny that my couple that loved drama the most also had probably some of the most dramatic things happen to them, but I don't wanna give too much away. Whether you're just getting started planning your wedding somewhere in the middle, near the end, or you're a wedding vendor, these next two episodes will give you so much to think about. From poignant topics like LGBTQ representation in the wedding industry to topics with a bit more levity like song choices, I could have talked to them hours hours, but these episodes are going to be long enough, so let's get right to today's episode. You're listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verve Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, We reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey guys, it's Desiree. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to first give a shout out to our sponsors. The first is our very own Wedding Planning Template Shop. Regardless of where you are in your wedding planning journey, this shop has tons of resources I created specifically for you based on a lot of the tools I use with my own wedding planning clients. My most popular items these days is the Ultimate Wedding Planning Checklist for Couples, no surprise there, and the Wedding Mood Board Template. The checklist is a game changer when it comes to knowing what to do when in your wedding planning journey. No more sitting around asking each other, what should we be doing now? And for all my decor obsessed couples and fellow wedding pros, the wedding mood board template turns that messy Pinterest board into a cohesive and organized roadmap for your day. You can pick up all these products and more in the wedding planning template shop at shop.verveventco.com. Again, that's shop.verveventco.com. And don't forget to use my special podcast discount code, which is podcast10 during checkout. Again, use the code podcast10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. The second sponsor of our podcast is The Planner's Playbook. I have been in the wedding industry for almost five years and have been planning and executing events for over 15 years, from 13,000 person inaugural balls to intimate dinners at ambassadors' residences and weddings with six figure budgets. Even with all of this experience, I am always learning and consistently trying to level up my game. Candice Coppola is my business mentor and she has put together an incredible coaching program called The Planner's Playbook. If you want to fast track your wedding planning career, this is your secret weapon to planning, designing, and coordinating magazine-worthy weddings. Designed for wedding planners who are five years or less into their business, it will give you all the training and support you need for a multitude of things, including simplifying your planning process so you have a clear picture of how to work with your clients on any occasion or budget. Think timelines, checklists, workflows, proposals, all of the things. It will also help boost your productivity with solid systems, Systems and processes that make wedding planning easy. I am a spreadsheet queen and her spreadsheets are the bomb.com and literally I get so obsessed and excited whenever I see a new one. Every month you will receive a new playbook straight to your inbox filled with tangible and tactile advice on everything from how to plan a tented wedding to preparing client budgets, mapping out your client journey, pricing, and putting together design proposals. The last playbook was over 50 pages of amazing information. How can you say no? Also, the doors to the planner's playbook open only four times a year, but you can ditch the waitlist and join any time by visiting my unique sponsor link. Imagine all of the things you could accomplish if you had the right resources and support to guide you. If you want to learn more about the Planners Playbook, head to verveventco.com forward slash planners playbook. Again, you can skip the waitlist and get instant access with my unique link by visiting verveventco.com forward slash planners playbook. And now the last sponsor of our podcast is LoveStream. I have personally used LoveStream with my weddings, and my couples are so happy. Not to mention they have not to mention they have excellent customer service, which is huge for me. Even though we all thought we would be getting back to quote unquote normal weddings, I still have couples that have guests that aren't able to attend their wedding because they're older, live abroad, and a variety of other reasons. Luckily, LoveStream is a one way, high definition, high quality way to stream your wedding and help your guests feel like they're part of the audience even if they're at home sitting on their very own couch. Your guests click your personal URL and they're able to watch without logging in, downloading an app, or messing with microphone or camera settings. And guys, how many times have you been in a Zoom meeting and someone forgot to mute themselves? Imagine if that happened at your wedding. True story, that happened at one that I saw. Not that I planned, but I saw it happen and it was just horrible. And for any of you planning a destination wedding, they also offer all-inclusive live stream Destination wedding packages. I really like Love Stream because the platform is so easy to use for any size wedding. But what I love best about the company is their excellent customer service, which starts when you visit their site and their live chat feature lets you ask questions before and after you book with them. To get 10% off any Love Stream package, visit verveventco.com forward slash Love Stream and enter the code ASK10 for 10% off. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash Love Stream and use our code ASK10 for 10% off any Lovestream virtual wedding package. Thank you again to all of our sponsors and to you, our listeners, for supporting the show and our sponsors. I couldn't make all this free content without you, and I thank you so much. And now, on with today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Ask the Planner. Today, we are interviewing one of my Favorite couples of 2021. And this couple I worked with for two whole years because they postponed their wedding from 2020 to 2021, but we'll get more into that later. They're a favorite couple of mine because despite everything the world threw at them, which was a lot... They dealt with it like the classy human beings that they are, and I am just so thankful and grateful for them for that. But before I give anything away, let's get right to the interview. We have so much to talk about. So without further ado, please help me welcome Caleb and Eddie Campbell to the show. Thank you guys so much for joining me today.
1: Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're so happy to be here.
0: Yay. Okay, first, I love starting each episode getting to know our guests before we dive into the interview. Let's just talk a little bit about where you guys are from, how you met, just a little bit about you guys.
2: Sure, I'll go first. This is Caleb. I am originally from upstate New York. Eddie and I are both native upstate New Yorkers, and I'll let Eddie explain his background. But I grew up in the Adirondacks, kind of near the Lake Placid area. And then went to school in the Finger Lakes and thought I was going to be your classic Politico governor, congressman, Loved the West Wing. All the reasons why you moved to D.C. Um, so I moved to D.C. after college, worked in campaigns and sort of the political world. Uh, and then, you know, you kind of burn out. And so I switched gears and, and went to work for sort of the tech startup world. So I've been in D.C. now for I think this is my 12th year going on. It's been a long time, oh, wow. 12 years, but upstate New York is is always near and dear to our heart since it's where we met. It's obviously where we're both from. And yeah, I'll let you go.
1: Yeah, and I'm Eddie. Uh, again, thanks for having us, Desiree. I'm also from upstate New York. I'm actually from Rochester, New York, which I know holds a special place in your heart. Uh, I also went to school in the Finger Lakes. That's where Caleb and I met actually at our alma mater, Hobart and William Smith colleges. And I actually was a biology major in college, I ended up working at a medical lab right afterwards. And then I decided to take a chance and move to DC and move in with my then boyfriend, now husband. So it was a good move in the long run. Uh, and I've been in DC for about seven years. And we actually just bought a house in the suburbs. And now we're in the suburbs of DC in Bethesda. It's been uh-huh. great.
0: I love it. Yeah, I forgot that you did political stuff too, Caleb. And then we also have mutual connections that we didn't know about that I discovered, I think, probably when I was stalking you guys when we were talking. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, I love that so much. Okay, so... Let's start near the beginning. You all, you know, are living together. You after you two became engaged, you both took a little bit of a while before locking in the wedding venue and really getting started in earnest with your wedding planning. Um yeah. and I think a lot of couples have a similar experience to that because it can be overwhelming or life gets in the way. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience or process was like?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I I would imagine, Desiree, you obviously have a lot more couples that you know, but I think I would, the couples that we know, there's always like the type A planner and there's just the go with the flow. Everything will happen. And that very quickly, even when we were dating, we realized I am that type A spreadsheets, Google docs, color coded crazy person. And Eddie is much more just like, where do we need to be? When do we need to be there? Can't wait to have a good time. So when we got engaged. Obviously, I think it's important to note that I
1: proposed to Caleb. Uh, so that was a lot of type A planning for me for
2: months to plan it. So as soon as we got engaged, my planning zone was done. <laughs>
0: done. You I, were spent. I,
2: yeah. uh, even so much as Eddie was like, hey, I'm like done planning for the next like six months. Yeah. So I will say the, the one of the best things we did, it was unintentional. was right after we got engaged, we took a week long vacation to Cabo. During that time, we sort of A, relished in being engaged, but B, we started talking about planning and sort of, we bought a book that was like, you know, have a mission statement and all this stuff. And it was like a D, it was, like, I think it was like a DIY wedding planning book. And so we had all of these like ambitions that like, Oh, we could do it. Got our mission statement. Like we can do anything. And we got engaged in February. And then by May, I had 95 different wedding venues. I had too many email threads with all these different wedding venue people that were like, here's how much we cost or they're like, well, we're not going to tell you how much we cost until you come visit us. And the wedding venue was the first thing we decided we were going to focus on. And it took us three and a half months and we had made zero progress. And I was just like super overwhelmed Daddy he was like, it'll be fun. And I was yeah. like, this is not the wedding planning experience we wanted. Like I, it was just very one-sided. <laughs> I think that's the word. If we had to pick it, what was it like? Overwhelming. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. There were many the options to choose from. We didn't know where we wanted to get married. It was a whole to do. Yeah. And I, and I think not to be long winded about it, but I, I think Eddie and I always knew we wanted like our, our vision was sort of a two or three day long experience for our friends. And mm-hmm. it was almost like a destination mm-hmm. wedding, but not in, you know, the Caribbean. It was like we we knew we wanted our folks to be all on site and have an experience. But even that was like really overwhelming for us to figure out. Is it in DC? Is it in upstate New York? What part of upstate New York? And it was just, it was really overwhelming.
0: I think that will probably resonate with a lot of people because you can go in so many directions Mm -hmm. and that is great because it's a blank canvas. You can literally do whatever you want, but for some people it can be too many choices and then you get bogged down. Were you the one that bought the book, Caleb? (laughs)
2: <laughs> of course, you know I did. You know I did. I went right on Amazon and right. I was like, here's the right. book. Yep.
0: Um, so you were still looking even so when you had reached out to me, because we were talking, I think, in July or August. So you'd been engaged for five-ish months. So at that point had you decided we're gonna go with New York or were you were you still unsure at that time?
2: I think we were unsure. I think mm-hmm. and to go back to that mindset, it was there's no right or wrong answer because it's ultimately just like what you want as a couple. It's kind of a catch-22 because we don't know what we want, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we we knew we wanted this all-inclusive experience. You know, a lot of the venues that we were looking at were, you know, in the Hudson Valley, sort of Catskill region that Eddie and I had no connection to. We knew we had a connection to sort of the Finger Lakes. But then at the same time, I was from upstate New York, like the Adirondacks. So when we reached out to you, I think we had, ultimately, the two of us had said, okay, we're going to go all in upstate New York. We need to just, like, make this decision. We're going to do upstate New York. And, and frankly, the reason why I think we both were like, we need to hire a wedding planner was it was just a really sort of humbling reality of like, we'd been engaged for five months. We had made no progress. The anxiety started to
1: creep up. We were like, we need to actually start making decisions and booking vendors and doing all these things.
2: And it was, it was go time. And I think frankly, like for a moment of just vulnerability, like it was also impacting our relationship. I was getting increasingly frustrated that I was the only one looking at venues and, you know Eddie's, and you know Eddie. He's just like always so optimistic, happy to be here. And I was like, "No, like I'm up. here.
0: I'm doing all of this."
2: Yeah, I was yes. like, something. So right. it was, it was also sort of a moment where like this isn't what it's supposed to be like being engaged and planning a right. wedding. Like this should be much more fun, and for us, it wasn't fun. And so mm-hmm. we had basically said, "Okay, the trade off of our time and our happiness is worth whatever the cost is." We didn't really know how much hiring a wedding planner would cost, but we knew that not spending when a wedding planner had given us any success. And so then we had started looking for wedding planners in upstate New York. Yeah.
1: And I think we also knew we really wanted the most beautiful wedding in the entire world. And as talented as we both are, we knew that we were not going to be able to do that. Just us two. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, I love that. Well, I mean, I I loved working with you guys. And I think there's a lot of stuff here that resonates with a lot of people. Definitely for sure. The number one reason I work with couples and the reason why I like working with the couples that I work with is you want to prioritize yourselves in the process. Yeah. And if your relationship is suffering because you're getting bitter or like, I know how I am with my husband and different things. And I feel like it's things become one-sided or you're just frustrated because you feel like the blind leading the blind. And, Oh, well, I, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And it can become a source of frustration for people. It's not worth it. It's just not, you know, I, I, I think life is too short to waste it on moments without meaning or that don't give us joy. So I would rather pay someone to make my life more enjoyable. And I know that comes at a cost, but it's a trade-off anxiety, frustration, or being happy, enjoying your life. And I think, you know, having a third person to give some perspective, that also, I think, can understand what you're looking for, and and be a an outside person is also very helpful too.
2: Yeah, and, and I think it requires, you know, quite a bit of self awareness and just mm-hmm. sort of vulnerability, is to say. I mean, and you know this, Desiree, like I am a very tough personality. I I have a lot of not a bad way, but I, I enjoyed I, working I, with you. <laughs> I I am someone who. You know, I do, I do a lot of research on things. I have a lot of opinions on things. And I think I also realized Eddie and I were both having this moment of like, Eddie is such a natural people pleasing, like appeaser to your point. We needed someone with a third, a third perspective to say, you know, Caleb, you're being unreasonable or Eddie, actually, I think like this is something you should prioritize and like, trust me, like you want to care about this and like go all in. But you know, it is a really there's just so much to wedding planning. You have no idea that you need to know, and I think that's the biggest piece in hindsight for us. And I know we'll get here later, but looking back, I can't fathom not having a wedding. I just could, I, there's just so many elements of, and Eddie and I are both. You know, we go to shows a lot. Like we we are exposed to high quality production, but you know the whole point of of going to those shows is you don't. You don't get distracted by the production. You're focusing on just the show itself. And I think for both of us, what we ultimately knew, for me at least, was that I'd be stressed about every single detail during the day. And that is not how I wanted to spend my wedding day, is thinking about all of the things that could go wrong or that I am needed in, And that was ultimately one of the main drivers of why we decided to, to look for a wedding planner. Yeah.
1: And stressed about those details, but also more importantly for me, not knowing what details to be stressed about. I remember when we first started working with you and you shared your organization spreadsheets and everything that we needed to do to get ready. It was broken down to like day before the wedding, day yeah. after the wedding, one week before, six months before. And I was like, I we have to do all of these things. That is insane. Um, and I thought we had to book a vendor, and then you know the day before, call them and say, "Hey, don't forget we're getting married tomorrow." Right. Uh, but there are a ton <laughs> of different steps of doing it, and we had no idea how process driven the whole entire thing was.
0: Right. That's another point too: is you have an idea of planning some kind of event, sure. but then getting from A all the way to Z is very, very gray and mm-hmm. muddled, and you don't know what it is, what it is that you're not sure of. And yes, I also to your point. You can just sit back and relax and enjoy the show and enjoy and be entertained or relish in, the, you know, relish in the day and enjoy it is so, so important too. So mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. So just a question, when you guys were looking for a planner, or other vendors, and you were looking at venues too, did you look at specific places online, talk to people, or what was your process like?
2: We did a lot on social media because mm-hmm. I, I, I went on Instagram and started searching by hashtag. Right. Oh, and, so
0: people know how to do that. See, I don't know if couples do that yeah, or not. Vendors yeah, no, I mean, do it. But yeah.
2: So I, I mean, I think I had looked at every single photo in the last two years that had hashtag upstate New York wedding, hashtag New York wedding, hashtag Finger Lakes wedding. Um, Pinterest was a big one. Pinterest was a big one. <laughs> the, the thing about upstate New York in particular is that there are only, for our aesthetic, you know, and that's part of the frustrating thing was we only, We were all always circling back to the same like five or six vendors and venues, right? And that was one of the trade offs we were having to figure out was okay. Well, we love the Finger Lakes, particularly Seneca Lake. We were like, okay, we're going to go look at venues. And first of all, I mean, we were sitting ducks, right? Like we walked into those vendors and those venues, and you know, it's these are the subject matter experts, and they know that you've got they've got vulnerable, naive hi, we're new here. Like we love Geneva. And they're just like rattling off all this stuff. We have narrowed down at that point to the finger lakes.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that makes sense. And a lot of couples look online. A lot of couples use Instagram and Pinterest, yeah. um, but it also can be very overwhelming. And so you oh, yeah. get this inspiration and then you think this is great, but can they still execute the vision that I want? Yeah. That matches what we're looking for. I don't know are these reviews legit? Are they not legit? Like, I don't, I don't know. So, and I think having a planner can help you sift through all of that and tell you who's, who works, who doesn't, et cetera. So yeah, very interesting. Okay. We talked a little bit about getting started and the process. Now let's talk a little bit about the design. Can you talk a little bit about what you had originally envisioned? And then we can go from there.
2: Yeah. And I, and I will say to take a step back, you know, Mm -hmm. when we interviewed wedding planners, one of the things that we were really focused on was that design component to it. And and you probably remember this, but we were like very forthcoming of aesthetic is really important for us. Like it is the most important thing for us was a, you know, we must have said this a hundred times, if not more during our two years together was like, the only thing we care about is that well, the main thing we care about, besides our love for each other, you're right, surprised. was that we want our guests to be like, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful wedding I've ever been to. And so you see really quickly when you're when you're looking at different wedding vendors and wedding planners, there are some also like really big box wedding planning shops. And there was a few that, that I had reached out to that, you know, had 90 different wedding planners. You weren't really sure who you were going to get. You know, you just sort of felt like you were another cog in the machine. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, you know, I'm sure for some people there's, there's assuredness in that, but for us, it was like, no, we want someone who's going to really, if if we're going to hire a wedding planner, right. If we're gonna make this investment, we want someone who like genuinely we we would be friends with, but also like knows Eddie and I Mm -hmm. so well and understands our personalities and our quirks and can make that come to life. Um and I think I say that because I think that's ultimately also why we said we want a minimalist was that we were like I don't know that we trust folks that can actually capture our personalities and I would we're too risk it's too risky to have
0: Interesting
2: too mm-hmm. much um
0: too many things would, could go wrong with yeah. that if if they don't get it right
2: Yeah exactly and so we're like okay let's just do green and white, like, let's just yep. keep it, like, <laughs> we want it clean, we want it minimal, we want it to be just so
1: aesthetically classy. I think that was another thing that we were looking for was just a really classy wedding. Um, and like Caleb said, green and whites and neutrals, and that was really all we thought we wanted um, until you came along. And I think that design process was so fun because you you know, heard us say we want green and whites and a lot of other wedding planners, like the ones Kale was talking about probably would have just pulled together a green and white yeah. design. We were listening to what we actually wanted and asking more clarifying questions about us as people. You know, what do we love about the Finger Lakes? What's our favorite season? What do you want to eat? All these random, randomly, seemingly random questions. And then you threw together uh, a design that absolutely blew us away. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. You know, well, it's it's always kind of scary as a planner or designer to go a little bit off track when you know it's it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a risk. But I think you know, so people, I'll share this in the um the show notes uh, for the the podcast. But I I did think about. Your personalities, something beautiful, but also not something that's been done, which there there are lots of people that do white and green weddings and they're gorgeous and they're very, very, I think, on the couple's style. So then when I shared, you know, so I I did a lot of research and I thought about the different color palettes and I talked to different vendors, like the one Jenny Ray of Flower and knew that she would be perfect for you all. Yep. And I talked with her a little bit about what Flowers are in season at this time, and she's you know, she said, I think these are really, really pretty. And I was like, Okay, great. So then I went with that. So the p- palette that I put together was a modern and unique color palette of sorbets inspired by seasonal flowers and your alma mater. Thistle, cream, and pale peach represent Hobart and William Smith. Pops of saffron and col- coral add dimension. Accents of dark teal, blue, and natural wood tones represent your ties to the water and the Adirondacks. Hmm. And when you first saw the design, because you were probably thinking, because I think I might have prefaced it with like, there might be a little bit of color. Do you remember hmm. what you thought? Were you like, oh, crap? Or were you like, no, nah, this could grow on me?
1: We were immediately obsessed. I remember <laughs> screenshotting the color palette part of the design code that you sent and sending it to all of my friends. And it was so fun for people to say, oh, like, what are your wedding colors? What color is your wedding going to be? And then sending them a full palette of, you know, thistle, teal, saffron. They were like, wow, this is Lush. above and beyond. Um, and it just felt elevated. And it was mm-hmm. so, so beautiful. And it's exactly what we wanted. We just didn't know how to articulate that. And looking back, if we ended up doing neutrals, our
2: wedding would have been much more uh, boring, at least on the eyes. Yeah. I I think, I think you said it best earlier, right? Like when you go to the doctor, you expect the doctor to be the subject matter expert and they're going to tell you what you need. And, and, you know, you think that you've got a cold and like, no, you don't. Right. Like, and, and I do think that one of the things that was so valuable that you brought in addition to the expertise was you, you, you did tell us like, no guys, I, I, I really think that this is worth looking into and vice versa. I mean, you remember our photographer journey? That was like that was the embodiment of Caleb in a nutshell. Was like, and I think you know, you really understood what we wanted, right? I didn't know if it was like digital or like warmth, and I, I didn't know what to look for when I was looking. I was like, this is a pretty photo, right? Right. You know, you would ask us for examples of what we liked and you're okay. This is the language we used. You'd give us a script beforehand. Cause we don't know what to ask photographers and whatnot of like, here's questions you should think through. Also joining a lot of the vendor conversations and having
1: you there through you oh know, my gosh. walkthroughs and things like that with your little list of questions to ask. <laughs> we, we had no idea what questions to ask and you were always so on it and knowing that, you know,
2: That is exactly what we needed to find out. And thank goodness we had you. And I remember with the design in particular, I don't feel like we gave you anything. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, it was just, it was just through conversation and through, I mean, yes, we had a shared Pinterest board that of course I spent hours working on, (laughs) but like in the design guide, the color palette, obviously immediately like our floor, our, our jaws were on the floor, but then it was like, you had Other
0: thing, other details. It was
2: like, here's what the, here's what the aisle is going to look like. You know, you had three or four different examples of like what our altar or whatever you'd call it would look like. And, you know, it was just so, again, like things we never would have thought to think about. And it was all of a sudden we were reacting to something as opposed to, and and like having the ability to be like, wow, I hadn't thought this through. And, you know, we almost like we were cheating because, you know, we could skip to the end to see what it would look like. And it just it sort of minimizes so much anxiety of like, oh, 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 this is what it's going to look like. I can see it as opposed to like, well, to Eddie's point, you call the vendor the day before. Like, don't forget we're getting married tomorrow. and Like, hopefully they remember it. Just the attention to detail was was really, I think, the most relieving and, and frankly, like exciting thing when we got it. I mean, we must have looked at that thing 2000 times just, like, you know, because you have that lull in between wedding planning which I also really values. You also told us there were times where I'd reach out to you and be like, I feel like we should be doing more. And you were like, no, like this is the time to like just relax and enjoy. And so when we, we would just like scroll through our design guide and be like, wow, I can't wait to see this come to life.
0: Right. Well, it's also hard too, because you are because you don't know, is it okay to be resting right now? Or is it okay? Should we be doing something? I don't want to get behind. Yeah, and then having someone, so your, your, your wheels just keep turning and turning, yes. but having someone that has been through it to be like, For good, like we've done a lot. There's other things to be working on. Go work on your cocktail list. Yeah, fun things like that can is very, very. I think reassuring for people, and not having you know having someone to tell you that is is very very helpful. One thing about the design is like I I definitely wanted to. I was not struggling, but I wanted to make sure I was balancing it because so many weddings are so feminine or very you know female driven. I wanted to make sure that, and I think that was something we talked about too. And I know when we were talking about your design, I you sent me a couple images of style, like some of the suits that you were looking at, et cetera. So I could get a feel for your aesthetic. But I also wanted to make sure that the wedding wasn't just super masculine either, just because you're two guys or you're two gay guys. I wanted it to feel like you two. Yep. So, and that was, I think something that, I also wanted to make sure I I was cognizant of and mm-hmm. not just trying to pigeonhole you for whatever reason but really thinking more of like what you two as individuals would want for it.
2: Yeah, and, and you you def- you probably remember this, but I in every single vendor we interviewed, that was one of the first questions I asked them was, you know, whether it was a florist or the photographer, I mean every single vendor I would ask, you know, what's your experience with gay weddings? And I think, you know, obviously, relative to the wedding industry, it is still new, right? Mm -hmm. It's only, you know, five, six, seven years old compared to the centuries long of of heterosexual weddings or straight weddings. Mm -hmm. And then it was, how do you, you know, with like photographers, right? Yeah, that was something. Are so gendered, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, the man and then the woman's in the front and they're doing a prom pose. And we, and, you know, again, with the photographers, with the florists, it was like, what do you, how are you going to balance this? We don't want just a bunch of blues and cause it's a bunch of it's two guys. Like, but we also don't want rainbows everywhere. Cause that's, we're more than just that. And so, you know, I think it was hard because we didn't know what to ask and expect. We just knew that like, this was something that was, obviously have mine for us. It was for, I would say every single guest that came to our wedding, it was their first gay wedding. And so we wanted to have a nod to that and ha- and be mindful and, and I think respectful of just the, the fact that it is a privilege for us to be able to get married. But we also wanted to really make it a space where, yeah, this is a gay wedding and it's no different than anybody else. And there's some nods to it, but not it, but there's just such the wedding industry in particular is so... I mean, I find it just super gendered, right? Yes, uh, yeah. Uh, and even even if you know, when I'm describing my personality versus Eddie's personality, like my personality is like the bridezilla, right? And well, I wouldn't I, say
0: bridezilla.
2: I wasn't, I wasn't I would yeah. There were times, <laughs> there were times, but I think you know, I was much more the stereotypical woman in the role in that case, where it's like I'm stressed about all this stuff and Eddie's not. But I don't know. It was just it was something where it, it was it was really mindful, especially for our design, that we wanted it to be tasteful and diverse. But and again, that's why I think we ultimately right. initially said minimalist because we just didn't trust that there was a way to incorporate that without kind of being either tacky or just really off the mark. Right. Yeah, we really wanted it
1: to be sort of uniquely us, and with photography and cakes and everything, it's so easy to make it gendered, and it could very easily be oh, you know, this is, you know, like Caleb said, Caleb's in between my arms and we're hugging him. <laughs> he's obviously the, the feminine one in that photo. Or it's also really easy to go the opposite and say, well, these two guys are gay, so we're going to make this the gayest wedding that has ever existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is some people's aesthetic, but you were listening to us and you could sort of sense that we are gay and we're proud and we're happy and we want it to be, you know,
0: celebration,
1: like a celebration that mm-hmm. we're actually able to do this we don't want it to be tacky in any way. We want it to be elegant. And I think you really were bold and you're like, I'm going to throw in some pastels and some thistles and some, you know, lighter purples. And it fits so well with what we were looking for and our aesthetic. It just felt, like I said, uniquely us and not us trying to pretend to be, you know, a heteronormative couple.
0: I agree. And I have worked with gay couples before. Um, So it's something that I've, I still... I think I'm learning and still trying to navigate. People are having more conversations about it. So you, you want to be respectful, but also you want to make sure that you're doing the couple justice and you're not, I don't, I feel like I'm in a very pri- privileged position. So I yeah. want to be cognizant of the conversations that we're having, the, you know, whatever, what we're, what we're planning. And if, if I need to be educated more, I'm happy to, to receive that as well. And I think, I don't think we ever had to have like a, a conversation about it. But I think it was it was helpful for us to talk about what you were envisioning, the feel of the wedding, you know, how much do we want to incorporate of this, the, you know, you all being a gay couple, but not necessarily, you know, throwing it in people's faces and making it only about that because you're so mm-hmm. much more and then just that.
1: And I think it's important to to have the conversations and to not shy around from them. And you mm-hmm. were always so on top of how does this make you feel? Is this too feminine for you? What are you thinking? Versus, you know, being too afraid to bring it up and then sort of screwing around the topic, and then neither of us knowing, you know, where we are in the planning process or what this vendor is going to exactly do, but being comfortable asking those questions and saying, "How does this feel?" Like, "I'm sorry about this," whatever it
2: may be. Oh, yeah, and I think there's an element too. Uh, I think mean, there's two things. One, I think representation really matters, and I and I think you. You and your aesthetic and your platform, you know, with this podcast, you are so you are so social media savvy. I think, you know, I, I said it like when I was looking at hashtags for upset New York Weddings, you know.
0: I you use just, that one a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. But you just don't see a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was very aware of that, right? Like when I was looking at vendors and venues and photographers, that's one of the first things I would look at is to see had they experienced, did they have any experience working with, with gay couples? Um, and then I think, you know, the second piece to that is it's a lot, it, it it takes a lot of courage and confidence to be the people that are like, Hey, by the way, like, we're gay. And I think having you, not that you were going and saying like, Hey, FYI, like, don't, you know, this is a gay couple, but we <laughs> we knew and we felt safe and trusted that any vendor you put in front of us we could just be authentic Caleb and Eddie, whether it was, you know, rentals or the DJ or the florist or, you know, our our cutlery and design. Like we knew that every single vendor that you brought into our world was going to be really excited to work with us. And and to your I think you said it earlier, like it's the celebration piece. And it was just I mean, I remember the night the night. the the night of our wedding, like as it wrapped up, we were just like sobbing saying goodbye to all of our vendors because it was just so we just, I mean, we sent them all Christmas cards, right? Like they were like, they are like, it was just such a fun experience to have. And it's no one should have, everyone should have the opportunity. I think if they want to, to have that really special relationship with all their vendors to make it part of a special day. And And I think you're right to the privilege piece. Like that's not always the case. And every single vendor we had, we would go to dinner with, right? We loved them all. And that was because, you know, you found the right vendors for us that meant a lot.
0: Oh, I'm like tearing up. <laughs> I always just I think about like your ceremony too and just just everything. It was a really good team. And I think that's the one big thing that that I as a planner want to help my couples enjoy is making sure that we're choosing the right vendors, whatever service they are providing that works well with your personalities, your aesthetic, your style and just how you want to experience the day um, because it is, you know, it's a very personal event. So you want to make sure that you're incorporating people that are part of the team that are going to jive well with the team, but then also work well with the couple, too, because they're a representation of you all. There was one that I just have to bring up because it always just sticks in my mind when I was a little uncomfortable and I just bring it up to you guys so we were touring a wedding venue that was brand new and we were looking at the hotel rooms and they had a really nice suite for getting ready that adjoined the couple suite. However, outside the room on a little placard was bridal suite and not even like wedding suite or couple suite. It said bridal suite. And it what I think made it worse to me was that the, the salesperson was calling it the bridal suite. And I was like, there are no brides here. It just was like every time she said it would it just like hit me, and I'm just like, oh my god, can we just, just not? And it, it was it was an awkward moment, and I didn't want to like bring it up to them at that point, but I did later. Just by the way, but thank you. As a gay couple, does that? Does that bother you a lot? Do you get used to it? Do you ignore it? Just shake your head? Like, how do you... And I know I know, when we were together, we kind of pointed at it and we're like, seriously, but kind of wanted to bring it up for people that are vendors that are listening to this, just having the very gendered descriptions of places, yep. you know, how that affects you all.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's it is... To me, it's an unnecessary error. It's one of those things that I vividly remember that because, I, 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 and I also think, like to one hand, it speaks to how great everybody else was, right? Because it really, it did sort of glaringly stick out, right? But, be, but that's the whole point, like as a caution to to these vendors. Most folks in our experience caught up, and so this was such a glaring stick out. Like you don't want to be the one. Just don't don't give yourself a reason to to stick out for a negative way, and it was seared in our our my brain at least. And I think Eddie's too of like, and it was just so heavy handed. I mean, you had even corrected her, I think, at the time, and and have used wedding suite, but like, come on, right. you've got two, come on, you've got two men, like, right. clear, look, and again, like, we are very clearly men, like we're not. We both have beards, like, you know, come on. And, and just, and just to say bridal suite. The other thing I think that was, that I was really mindful of that our photographers did a good job of was, you know, we had a co-ed wedding party there. You gave us a lot of ideas for what to call them, right? Cause it's not groomsmen and bridesmaids. There's no right. bride, right? We both asked our wedding party to be in our wedding party. And there are so many, like you go to Pinterest or Etsy, there's a million things and a million different ways to ask your wedding party. But it was, that was one that was really frustrating was it was all bridesmaids or groomsmen and there right. was nothing, I mean, and I think we ultimately landed on groomsmaids for the women. Right. But even that was like, really, is that the best we can come up with? Right. Right. Um, you know, and you had been really good about wedding attendance and giving us just a new sort of vernacular. And then the same thing is true, like with our photographer's day of is it's you know, the run of show, it was all very inclusive. Frankly, what a wedding should be is just an inclusive celebration. And and there's just but that's I think to to the industry as a whole it is just so stuck on groomsmaid, bridesmaid, you know, and like
0: right. which, bride and groom.
2: I sit on? Am I sitting on the bride side or the groom's side, it's like, well, there's two grooms, right? There's just so much, frankly, outdated language that It's so easy to fix. Just like spend five minutes and just look at your website. Right. Yeah. And for the
1: vendors, it's those little details that make us feel more included. So it's such a small thing to put bridal suite on a door. And I know they didn't think about it twice, but hopefully, as she was walking two men around, she was like, oh, maybe this is something that makes them feel a little bit less included and a little bit more awkward in that moment. And that's the last thing that you want one of your potential clients to feel as awkward as you're trying to to sell them something. And I think, you know, it's like non-gendered bathrooms. Those small details really go a long way to make people feel included. And you should always do everything you can to make sure that you're making people as comfortable as possible. And keeping things non-gendered and neutral in 2022 and 2021 is the way to do that.
0: I think it's something that people are catching up to. And I think the more we talk about it, the better it is and the more aware because sometimes people just need to hear it multiple times. So, but, and I think, yeah, just being a little bit more neutral and not having a gender on it. Wedding attendance is so much easier. The couple, the wedding party, just, it's just so much easier and you don't have to worry about insulting somebody.
2: The only moment aside from that, Mm -hmm. that bridal suite moment that I was cognizant of, and maybe maybe I was more insecure than cognizant. It was actually it was the weekend of. We went to get our marriage certificate, and oh there was just sort of like a, a a powerful moment where Eddie and I were walking into the county clerk's office, and there was a moment of like nervousness. Yeah, there's nervousness of like, what's she going to do, right? Like, is she going to? You never know, right? And obviously, legally. I mean, there, there's all of these stories about, you know, county and city clerks refusing to issue marriage certificates to, to gay couples. And it was, yeah, we were nervous. Like we walked in and I was like, are we going to have a scene here? Right. Like this is such a sp- special moment for so many people, like actually getting recognized by the state and by the government that you're married. Yeah. We were like, do we awkwardly like slide the paper and then sign one at a time? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was that was but it was also ended up being one of our like favorite moments because the the clerk was she was so inclusive. So welcoming. So amazing. And it,
1: it, she made that moment so much more special for us. She was asking questions. She wanted to know where we were from, how long we had been together. Yeah, uh, it was just a very special moment. And it felt like, you know, weight being lifted off of our shoulders after walking in, because like Caleb said, we were so nervous walking
2: in. And then she immediately put us, you know comfortable. Yeah, Very and then and then as a moment of, of levity and comedy, we both realized I don't know if we told you this, Desiree. right? We forgot do so. we <laughs> forgot to bring cash for tips for our vendors. It was the oh, one thing we forgot. Mm-hmm. I we were like scrambling. And so we went to this um little tiny bank. Yeah, it was like a local <laughs> bank in, in Canandagua. You know, this I will say this is to Eddie's credit, he knew to the penny the exact amount because you told us, but Eddie was Always very much. I have controlled. my spreadsheets too. He's Brian um, own, you, you were
0: good with the spreadsheets.
2: Organize really when I need to be. And so he walked up to the teller and we were like, we need, you know, $2,093.70. And Eddie was like, and Desiree <laughs> told us we need X and 20s, X and fifties. And the and the teller was almost annoyingly excited for us. She was like, Tell <laughs> me everything. And she was like, Oh my God, what's your color palette? When are you getting it? all this And that was like it, it was cute. It was so cute. But to go
1: she had to recount the money a couple of times because she
2: got so distracted being excited. For it. <laughs> but but you know that's stuff that's like as a gay couple you 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 can't take that for granted. Yeah. Right? You just you can't. And to go from such a, a nervous, ang- anxious moment of like we're getting our marriage certificate, we were the only people there, and then to have that followed up with like this so excited. Her name was Michelle, um, bank teller. It was just really important. And Again, I, to bring it full circle, it's like that's the world, right? Folks were just right. overwhelmingly excited for us. And, and, and when you make a mistake like bridal suite or, you know, things like that, it's just, it just stands out in, in our experience. It just stood out so much. Um, well, especially if Your clients, people getting married now are
1: millennials and Gen Z. We are a very woke population and that's also going to stick out to the straight couples and be like, I yeah. oh, well, don't seem that inclusive. I want all my guests to feel comfortable. Yeah, right, That's this, exactly right. The guest
2: experience too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, too. And, and it's not just the couple that you're thinking of, but because for our generation and even like the I'm still a millennial, I think you guys are still millennials, but like the younger Gen yeah. Z, they're much more conscious of that, even if because they'll have friends that yeah. are also gay or part of the community. And so they want to make sure that they all feel included as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really good point, too. Y'all, I know this is going to be an abrupt end to their interview, but I promise next week is going to be so amazing and thought provoking as well. Aren't Caleb and Eddie wonderful? I just loved all of their insight, self awareness, and candor when they talked about their fears and struggles during the whole wedding planning process. I think many of you can relate to their struggles during the wedding venue research deciding whether or not a wedding planner is worth it, and the feelings of overwhelm when it comes to putting together your wedding design and your color palette. And also, if you are in the wedding industry, I hope our conversation about inclusivity and the distinctly gendered language that we all use was helpful and gave you the opportunity to assess how you are portraying your company or your venue to potential couples whether or not they're gay. If the episode show notes for today can be found at verveventco.com forward slash 53. Now, if you have any questions or feedback, you know, I always welcome it. Please leave the show a five star review on Apple podcasts and let me know what you're loving about the show or what you have questions about. Or maybe if you have other feedback or critique, I am all ears. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, I would love to hear them. And an overwhelming number of you all said you wanted me to cover tutorials, like how do I do X, Y, or Z in upcoming episodes. So I would love for you all to let me know what you want me to talk about. Sometimes I take for granted how easily I do some things because I've just been doing it for so long. So tell it to me straight, like break it down, Desiree. I wanna know how you pick out X or where do you go for this or whatever it is. I read every single one of your reviews and I know it takes a lot of time and thought and effort to actually opening up Apple Podcasts and writing a review. So I really, really appreciate all of you that have written one so far. If you don't know what to write, just drop me some emojis. Your favorite cocktails, maybe a salsa dancer, some champagne glasses, rainbows, whatever you feel like today. I will take it. Now, speaking of reviews, today's review comes from T Shabs Twenty One, who writes. And actually, I don't know if I pronounce your name. Is it Shabs? T-S-H-A-B-S H A B S Twenty One. T Shabs Twenty One writes, "Simply amazing. Five stars. The episodes don't disappoint." great range of topics and some highly informative. It isn't just for couples looking to get married. Being in the wedding industry, this helps give insight to other crafts from the experts to gain more insight into our amazing industry. T-Sheps, thank you so much for writing that. Yes, I do agree that we cover a lot of topics on the podcast. And even though I'm a 15-year veteran of the events industry and coming up on my fifth year anniversary for my business, I still learn so much having these conversations with other wedding vendors and event vendors. These are the deep conversations I would love to have with my colleagues, but usually don't have time for because we're just too busy producing on site or working for our couples and clients. Now to all my listeners out there, if you have left me a review, Thank you, thank you so, 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 so so much from the bottom of my heart. Like I said, I read every single one and they are crucial to helping a little podcast like mine reach and help more people. When you do leave a review, make sure you leave your Instagram handle because I am picking some people at random to receive some free stuff like Starbucks gift cards, Amazon gift cards, maybe some of my favorite champagne gummy bears, Whatever it is, I think you'll love it. So don't forget to leave your IG handle. That wraps up today's special Valentine's Day episode. Make sure you tune in next week for the part two of my interview with Caleb and Eddie. Thank you again so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, whatever you wanna call it, love day. I will talk to you all next week. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you.